I couldn't sleep that night. You got to like sleep with one eye open because it's like, okay, it's like, are the police coming or is somebody else coming? And like, when you go out in public, you know, got to like look over your shoulder and all the time. And so it's never feel safe, never feel comfortable. I uh, can't let people close to you. Um, so it's just like, I, I didn't like myself. I didn't like the way I was living. Michelle Edwards. I am the author of a novel called Chronicle of Endings, but I want to continue the conversation. It's a conversation about the different endings we face across the course of our lives, and ultimately about all the beginnings that open up after. I want to speak to men because men don't always have the place or the permission to talk openly about their difficulties the way women do. But I want to speak to women too because we are all the same human beings trying to navigate the same universal human experiences. Mostly through these interviews, I want to have the opportunity to speak directly and openly with you. Each guest's experiences will allow you to reflect on your own, about the endings you have faced and the ones you are yet to face, the mindset and actions which brought these people through their difficult times will, in turn, speak to you about your own. Because whether it's a novel a podcast, or just two mates finally speaking about things that matter over a beer. Words. Words have the power to change people, to change their lives, to change yours. So, can we talk? Ridolfo, hello. Hello. Welcome to Chronicle of Endings. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited too. Um, I think our conversation today is going to be a really interesting one. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Uh, so let me introduce you first. Um, Rodolfo Menjava. Um, you are from Canada. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you ended a 10-year stint of selling drugs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a very beautiful ending. Um, before we discuss that ending, I want to rewind a little bit and I want you to tell us what it was like actually living that life and and how you got there. Okay, perfect. Um, if I could start with one word, I'd, I would just say it was crazy. Mm. <laughs> um, how I got there is, uh, so I was actually born in El Salvador. And I was born in the middle of the Civil War that was going on there in the 80s. And so with that, I'm named after my mom's brother, because uh, he was kidnapped before I was born and never seen again. And so that's the kind of thing that was going on in El Salvador and 
then my family moved to Canada before I turned two years old, uh, just so we could have a chance at a better life. I've definitely had that better life here, although um, I definitely got into a lot of trouble. So my dad, it was my dad, my mom, and my two sisters. And my dad left us before I turned 10 years old. And so with that being left without a positive or negative uh, male role model, it uh, was tough for a young boy growing up. And after that, I just had nobody to teach me how to be a man, what it meant to be a man, uh, even anything like to how to talk to women, like anything. I kind of had to just figure out everything on my own. And so that led to some some good choices and some not so great choices. One of the not so great choices was at 16 years old, I decided that I didn't want to go to school anymore. Didn't really like what they were. I've always had a problem with authority, I guess, and just not liking being told what to do and how to do it and everything. And so I said, no, no more. And so what is a 16 year old boy that's not going to school and not working do starts getting into trouble. So it kind of started with, you know, getting into fights and things like that. And then that led to selling drugs at 16 years old. I mean, it was, it started out as a lot of fun, just hanging out, you know, with my friends and, you know, you put, a lot of cash into a 16 year old pockets and I'm happy. Like the, the world was awesome. And then it's not so much fun when the police start getting involved or when other people like there's a lot of, I guess, violence and things like that, that come in that lifestyle. And so got arrested multiple times from 17 to I think the last time I was arrested was when I was 26. And that's when I decided to get out. So, I mean, I, I don't believe in regrets. So I definitely don't regret any, anything that happened then. It definitely helped make me who I am today. And yeah, when I was 24, I went back to school and got my business diploma and that's kind of when I started just like, hey, I need to start doing something else with my life. I can't keep doing this because I'm either going to end up dead or in jail. Those are the only two places that that road leads. And I've seen lots of friends go down both of those paths. And it's not, it's not pretty, um, you know, going to funerals for young men or, you know, seeing my friends get sent away for like long sentences in jail and stuff. And so, yeah, when I was 26, I was actually working on a couple businesses that I'd started out of school. And then I was still, you know, still selling drugs at the same time. And the Edmonton, so I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and the Edmonton police walked into one of my business meetings and said, Rodolfo, you're under arrest. Come with us. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is the best timing, you guys. Like, thank you. 
and yeah, that night I spent in the remand center here, I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And that was when I decided I'm like, I even, I started praying like back then I wasn't very big on spirituality and that kind of thing. But I just said, I'm like, if there's a way that I can get out of this, like, I promise, like, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do next. I just know that I'm, I'm, I'm walking away. Cause I had already for a couple of years been wanting to walk away. I just hadn't been able to do it yet. And yeah, fortunate for me that next morning, the Edmonton police came to my cell and said, Rodolfo, we're letting you go. And kind of gave me that pep talk, like, we never want to see you again, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and the last thing I remember saying to them is like, don't worry, you're never going to see me again. And yeah, ever since then, I've been on this straight and straight path and just, you know, doing the best that I can to help instead of hurt the world. And so that's kind of it in a a few minutes. Yeah, and it must be a little bit challenging to change at that point because when you had been selling drugs from 16 into your mid-20s, I guess it becomes your identity. And um, when you want to change that identity, I guess there is a lot involved in doing that. And, um, yeah, firstly, it would start with yourself and your perceptions and your beliefs about who you are, but then displaying those things to the rest of the world as well. And even, you know, just going for a job when you don't have any on paper vocational um, history, even that is a challenge. Oh yeah. Like it was, is definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life was to walk away from that and create, a new life for myself. And so when I, when I did walk away, so I was then 27 moving back into my mom's basement (laughs) with nothing. And yeah, so I had to, I had to change everybody that I hung out with uh, because a lot of them were involved in that lifestyle as well. So I couldn't surround myself with those people anymore because that wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. So I found myself alone and I went to just get some job just so I could start getting back on my feet. So I I went from, you know, having all the money I could want really to I'm working for $12 an hour living in my mom's basement. So that was a huge shift it was, like I said, the hardest thing I ever had to do. And and then fortunate for me that after I got that job for $12, I started taking some personal development courses. And I always tell people now, because so it's the company I now work for. And I always tell people, I'm like, had I never walked into this room, I'm, I'm scared of what my life would look like. Because uh, I always say, so Rayanne is the woman's name who owns the company. I always tell people, I'm like, she saved my life. Like just everything I was able to learn through meeting her and doing courses and working on myself and yeah, changing my results. I owe it all to just dedication and personal development and how you can start to make changes in your life. 
that's pretty powerful. What was the first um, personal development idea that really hit you? It was, uh, so we call it personal accountability. And so I've, I've seen different definitions out there for accountability. The way we teach it is that everything, so nothing in our life happens to us. It's everything happens through us and for us. So we play a role in every single thing that happens in our life. And so that to me, when we, when we look at our life and our situations and experiences in that way, it gives us back our power where it's like, I, I played a role in this. I helped to create these experiences and then it's to figure out why. So it's just like, okay, like, why did my dad leave? Why did I get into drugs and all that stuff? And it's just to find that lesson. And then when I can start finding that lesson, I can start learning. I can start applying it to my life and start creating different results in my life. But if we, if we think that things are just happening to us, then it's almost then like we're in a victim mindset instead of a powerful mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we can somewhat um, control and take power over our own journey and our own destiny based on the the small choices that we make every day. Yes, yes, that's the biggest thing is is the choice piece. So the choices I made when I was younger led to you know drugs and gangs and all that. And then now it's like, I can make, I can at any, excuse me, at any point in time, I can make a different choice. Yeah. It's, and that's it's, powerful. It is powerful to recognize that uh, because you do kind of feel stuck in, in your situation. And you say um, one of the hardest things you've done was turning your life around, but now you're in a different place. I I want to ask you, do you think that staying in that life would have been harder than changing it? I've never been asked that question before. Oh, man. I Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, where, where I ended, I was sitting in a jail cell. And, yeah, they did. They let me go. Um, but that's where I would have ended up. And like, and this is the biggest part because I, I feel this is happens to a lot of young boys where they don't have a father figure. And so they see gangs being so cool on TV and in the movies and it all gets like glamorized and like how cool it is and all that. But then they don't see the other side of it. So like, I couldn't sleep that night. You got to like sleep with one eye open it's like okay it's like are the police coming or is somebody else coming and like when you go out in public you know gotta like look over your shoulder and all the time and so it's never feel safe never feel comfortable uh can't let people close to you um so it's just like I, I didn't like myself I didn't like the way I was living and it was yeah it definitely would have been harder to stay in for sure. Thank you for asking that question. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it just something I wonder, I mean, that life just sounds so hard to be living in fear day to day and to be living with that much risk. It would, yeah. um, 
it would definitely be challenging every day. Oh yeah, big time, big time. And with the risk you mentioned too, is that's what like I'm now, now like I take different kind of risks and like, you know, putting myself on like shows like yours or like getting up on stage and that kind of thing. And, and that life I used to live helps me so much because back then it was, the risk was like life and death. So now I'm like, okay, well, this isn't so bad. I'm like, if I could do that for 10 years, every day risking my life, I think I can like get up on a stage and talk about my story. I'm not going to die yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> so um, not every young person uh, or mother of young people for that matter have a choice in whether or not there is a father present in the family. Do you have any suggestions of healthier father figures books or movies and and any kind of resource that these families can use to to place a better a better um role model in front of their kids yeah what what I would suggest first is I mean the very first thing is talking with your son uh, if there are any moms, single moms out there listening, is is talking to the son and just having conversations. That was definitely something that was lacking in my household and not to blame my mom because she was working three jobs just to like feed us and things like that. So there wasn't that much time. Um, but then other than that, to have like positive male role models is definitely looking out in the community. Because for me, like things that didn't work, was when police came to talk to me or counselors and teachers and stuff like that at school because I felt like they were just trying to tell me what to do and they didn't really understand what I was going through and so I know there's definitely like a lot of and it's growing now there's a lot of men out there that have been through similar journeys and are out there sharing their stories and wanting to help the younger boys just being able to you know get online and and seeking out these guys because they're definitely out there there's tons of organizations uh, that men volunteer with I volunteer with a local organization here in Edmonton that works with troubled youth and even I was working with a 14 year old boy about a month ago where he was very similar to the issues and problems I was having when I was 14 And even when I was talking to him, I was like, okay, like, this is a big part of why I went through everything I went through was that so I can help kids like him. And how I started working with him was his, his mom reached out to me. She's a really good friend of mine. And about a week later, I seen her and she was telling me that he was just like, he came up to talk to her one day. and was just like, mom, like, thank you for setting me up in that session with Roto. Uh, so Roto is a nickname. It's just short for Rodolfo. And like, thank you for introducing to him. And he was so nice. And like, he gets it. He understands my situation and, and that. So just being able to find men that have been through it is the biggest piece so that they can relate to the young boys 
so these kids felt feel understood yeah 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 so it's not just somebody telling them what to do again yeah yeah Uh, what has this journey taught you about yourself it's another great question it's taught me well, one that like I I can do anything I want. Where I mean, like even from living in that life, I kind of like I just did my own thing. I did my I did my best to you know stay away from all of, like the violence and that part of thing. I just wanted to make money and have fun, and I did good at that. Look like, where I'm still you know I'm I was able to walk away and and stuff. So just stayed out of trouble for the most part as much as I could. And like I said, so it's, it's the risk piece. I'm definitely a lot more willing to take risks now as, you know, compared to back then. It's just, it's not that scary. It's the entrepreneur piece too. So again, like I've, I've rarely had an, like a normal job in my life. And so that, you know, living in that life made me get really resourceful and, and be entrepreneurial and that kind of thing. And I've definitely carried that forward into my life now, where again, like I'm self-employed, like I do work with a company, that's my main income, but like I do, I am self-employed and then I run the men's group. Uh, so it's just, it's just that, the, the, what I'm capable of, where it's like, I just put my head down and work hard every single day. And I can, you know, create anything I want, I think is the biggest thing I've learned about myself. I'm capable of anything. I, it, it's a really nice um, thing to relate to young people who don't necessarily work well with authority. It's, it, it flows so nicely into the entrepreneurial space. Yeah. And you yes. might think, well, that's that's a really negative quality in a child, but you can t- definitely turn that around and create your power from that rather than your downfall. Yes, definitely. It definitely goes really well, right? And if when you can channel that energy into something positive, then it's like you're set. You know, it's just and again, it's just that that choice. Am I going to go down this road or this road? And if I had just had that somebody like myself talk to me when I was 16 and showed me a different way, then you know, my life would have been a lot different, it would have saved a lot of pain for sure. Yeah. So tell me more about all the different things that you're doing now. Tell me about your life and your career. I know that you're speaking and you're coaching. I know that you've written a book. These are all really um amazing things yeah definitely so a lot of it really so like I said about eight and a half years ago I just dove into personal development and like I said it saved my life like took every course I could uh, went to see every speaker you know when Tony Robbins comes to town I'm I'm there I'm either in the crowd or I'm volunteering and and then about five five and a half years ago I got laid off from my last job 
And I was the happiest person because I hated the job. I was making good money, but I, I hated being there. And, and in Canada, we have employment insurance. So I was on employment insurance for about nine months. And during that time, I, again, I just went to all these courses. One I went to was about writing a book. And so about four years ago was when I published my first book. And then that led me into coaching because I was I, like the company I work with now, I wasn't working there yet, but they were bugging me because they had a coaching program coming up and they're like, Rodolfo, like, you should really take this program. And I'm like, nah, I don't really feel like doing that. But then when I was writing my book, I started a GoFundMe to like fund the process and all of that. And I was thinking of like, what can I offer people like on top of just the book? And so I put on there, oh, like at this, if you donate this much, you'll get a one hour call with me to go over like how the book can help you and that kind of thing. And I was like, oh, like that kind of sounds like coaching. <laughs> so then I got into the, I went and did the coaching course. I uh, got certified about four years ago. And then the coaching course led me into public speaking. And so I've been doing that ever since. Any Anytime I can get on a stage, I do. Sometimes I create my own stages. I've held a few events. I'm working on having a event in-person event here soon hope like restrictions here are supposed to lift right away uh, so as soon as that does I'm going to just I'm ready I'm ready to host another event I'm running a men's group now I've been doing that for about a year and a half and that's that's probably the thing I'm most excited about and loving the most right now because with all the personal development work I've done here, one thing I noticed was that it was about 80% women. Wow. At all these events, and even now, like working in it, I was like, okay, like most of our clients are women. And two summers ago, I went to speak at an event in Calgary, just a few hours away from here. It was a women's only event. And after I spoke, I had a bunch of women come up to me and be like, hey, can you talk to my husband? Can you talk to my boyfriend? Can you talk to my son? And I had nowhere at the time I wasn't running the men's group. I had nowhere to point them. And so a few months later, I was like, hey, I need to start this men's group. And so I did that. And we've been going good. I got a lot of things that I'm creating over the summer that I want to launch in September for the men's group. But the main purpose of that group was to create positive male role models for the next generation. So like you said, when there's these single moms out there that are looking for men, like positive male role models for their sons, they know where to go and find them. And there's, you know, just great examples of men out there and and then the other part for the men's group was that I want men to be able to like step more into like the feminine aspects because like I was raised in a house full of women so I'm very comfortable in like showing emotion talking about things and everything and not all men are and it's not healthy to bottle all of that up yeah. and so I want to just help men open up a little bit more and show them that Hey, you know, you can, you can be emotional. You can show emotion. You can even cry and you're still a man. It doesn't make you any less of a man. If anything, it makes you more of a man. It takes 
courage to be able to do that so would you say that these are some of the barriers in between men and personal development what are some of the barriers yeah I mean do you do you feel like in your experience it might be that men don't feel it's their place to talk openly about their issues or to show emotion um, and uh, to really open up? Definitely. Cause I mean, um, part of it. So I, like I said, I've, I've always been very emotional since I was a kid and, you know, other men would, so what I'll give you an example of something that happened to me when I was young. Uh, so a lot of people can't pronounce my name. And so I was called all kinds of things in elementary school when I was young and some of it hurt, like, you know, and so one day I was crying at school and the teacher, the teacher said something rude and something to me like, oh, like, why are you crying? Like, boys don't cry and something like that. And I was like, so that, that hurt. And then I feel then like other boys that see that are like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to be made fun of in front of the whole classroom by the teacher. So I'm never going to cry. I'm going to bottle all of that up. And that's where, you know, by seeing things happen like that, or even on TV, it's not so much now, but, you know, in the 90s and stuff, men would get made fun of for crying or for showing emotion and things like that. So that's kind of how young boys are raised you don't do that. You get made fun of. That's not manly. And then with the personal development piece with it being that so many women take personal development. And then so the women are the ones that are like the being the cheerleaders for personal development, like, oh, this was so awesome. And all of that men think it's just, oh, you're going to go sit in a room and like talk about your feelings and cry and stuff. And it's like, that's not all that personal development is that might happen that's a small piece of what could happen, but there's so much more to it. And so that's why I started the men's group was to, Hey, okay, this is going to be a safe place where you can just come and be with other men and show them that it's okay. We're all men here. We're all here to grow and learn and support each other. You know, I, I don't think that anyone looks at Tony Robbins and thinks, oh, wow, you know, I don't feel that he's, he's a good masculine representation at all. You know, if anyone who's listening isn't familiar with Tony Robbins, just Google it. You'll find a ton of content videos and stuff like that. He's, he's kind of a god in the personal development space. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, he's leading it and he's, he's here to say that the personal development journey um, is here for men, you know, for men and women and um, demonstrates how beautiful and powerful that can be. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's what we need more of is for, you know, more men like Tony Robbins. I like Eric Thomas. I don't know if you know who Eric Thomas is. But men just getting out there, showing emotion and doing it in a powerful way to inspire other men to be like, oh, hey, like that was pretty cool. And I learned something. 
Now I'm going to go apply that to my life and see what happens. Yeah. And by doing these things and implementing these ideas you're changing yourself you're changing the course of your life and you're making every you're making everything better nobody gets worse from doing self-development um you change your life in so many beautiful positive ways you would never you would never look back and think well that 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 made me less of who i am yeah yeah one thing that i love to tell people um, that haven't done personal development or are new to it is that by doing, by working on yourself and making yourself a better person, uh, just by default, you're going to be better in all areas of your life. So you're going to be better at business. You're going to be better at sports. You're going to be a better parent. You're going to be a better, whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to be become better at all of that by working on yourself that's the best investment anybody can ever make yeah yeah some really gentle um ways to get an idea to get a feel of this space and to start the journey of working on yourself might be books and podcasts because you can read them or listen and nobody else ever has to know you don't have to talk to anybody else you can, um, you know, do it in solidarity and in privacy. Do you have any, you know, some top recommendations for books or podcasts or things like that that might be a good place for people to get started? Yeah, definitely. My my favorite podcast right now is, and I'm and I'll just disclosure. He likes he loves to swear, so swearing's not your thing. <laughs> maybe pick another I'll give you guys two and so one is Andy Frisella uh, his podcast is called Real AF so real as fuck I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here <laughs> you can do it go for it <laughs> and so his is all about business uh, he started a company they're a f- not pharmaceutical what is the other supplements a supplements company um about 15 years ago and now they're they're doing over a hundred million dollars their goal is to get up to a billion dollar company and so he's really heavy into personal development and business is what his podcast is about and it just shows it's a it's a and he's like one of those really like manly men so that's a great one for men and the other one eric thomas i talked about uh he's more he was he used to live he used to be homeless eating out of like dumpsters and things like that in the States. And now I'm pretty sure he passed Tony Robbins now as the number one speaker in the world. Wow. And so he's, he doesn't swear. So there's two options for everyone, depending on, you know, the kind of vibe that you like. And as far as books go, probably my all time favorite would have to be think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. I mean, I, I don't know how many decades ago it was written, but it, you know, and it, it was made for business people, entrepreneurs and that kind of thing, but everything in there, you can apply to your personal life. It's just about the mindset, changing the results that you get in life. And yeah, if I can recommend one book to anyone, it's yeah, think and grow rich. Mm, good tip. Thank you. 
Uh, so what's next for you? Ooh, what's next for me? Well, I want to do over the summer, I'm creating a one day program and then also like a six week program for men. Uh, so it's just going to be something added to the men's group that I'm already doing. And then, yeah, from there, it's just doing more speaking now that things are starting to open up. I definitely want to do a lot more speaking and developing courses and just, and yeah, more, more working with young boys to just keep them from going down the wrong path. That's, that's what really lights me up and makes me happy is when I can work with these young boys and just keep them good. (laughs) It's really beautiful to see um, full circle about how this, life that you've been through has really um turned into your purpose um I want to direct uh anyone who wants to reach out or just follow along with you where to go I'm I'll also link it in the show notes but if you want to mention it um where can people find you um right now I would say I'm like, I was taking a break from my personal Instagram, but I'm still on there for, so Integrity Seminars Instagram and then Brothers from Other Mothers Instagram would be probably the best way to find me right now, so. Cool. Well, thanks very much for sharing your story. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's, um, it was an honor. Thank you very much. Please share this story with anyone you feel may benefit from hearing it. Or if you or someone you know have your own story to share, feel free to drop me an email at m at m